super affordable, great support, open API. You can plug anything into it, strong community of partners, all types of add-ons. Man, you're going to grow taller, skinnier, stronger. Your golf score will improve. Your sex life will improve. Your cholesterol will be lowered. Just hurry up and buy because the price goes up on the first. And that's how people make their decisions. Here we are again with another Lean and Mean episode of the Cold Star Project. I have with me the sales whisperer, but we won't be talking about sales specifically today. This is Wes Schaefer and his alter ego. If he puts on his glasses, he becomes the Clark Kent version. Uh, is the <laughs> author of The Definitive Guide to Infusionsoft. And so what I wanted to dig in with you uh, today, Wes, it, there you go. See, I knew it. I These knew are it. I knew it. Up. I never see you. I can't see you. Shaper in the same place at the same time. Oh, yeah. Well, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> so you're the author of The Definitive Guide to Infusionsoft, which is a good book for dropping on people from a height if you want to murder them uh, because it's very thick. And I, I wanted to dig in with you about CRMs today because I see this question all the freaking time. It's big, it's green. You can use it to tenderize your meat if you have to. Oh, now, now it's the cool guy. Okay, all right, it popped collar and all. This is what we do here on the Cold Star Project when we know the guest. <laughs> so... <laughs> What the heck made you write this book? Oh, man. You know, it was 2012. Uh, <clears throat> no one had written the book. Mm. Um, I had been using the software for not quite four years at that point, really three and a half years. I signed up in the, I don't know, late summer, uh, early fall of 2008. I was at the back when it was still called Infusion, the, uh, well, Infusion Con, um, before it was changed to Icon, before it was canceled <clears throat> altogether. But um, no one had written the book, and I knew it was important to have a book. You know, it helps you stand out. It helps you be seen as the expert. And so I made some little postcards, and I pre-sold some, uh, some copies. So this was, uh, I want to say February time frame of 2012. And I pre-sold some copies with the independence day, right? July 4th, mm. you know, achieve your entrepreneurial independence when you have this book. And I pre-sold a handful of copies, not that many. I sold it for 50 bucks. Uh, and I included all kind of bonuses with it. And, uh, I did not hit the July 4th deadline. Oh. I had, I'd never written a book and I had all kind of technical issues. I had, I had versions of it either get lost or duplicated. I mean, it was just a mess. I actually, I gave up on it for a couple of months at a time. Um, finally got it out. I want to say September or October, of 2012. And you know, I'm glad I did. I, uh, it's still going. Uh, I've partnered with a couple of people, partnered with one guy. He didn't really come through on his promises uh, partnered with Cindy now. Uh, she's uh, been a great co-author, keeping it updated. So, uh, you know, going on six years now and we're faced with uh, an issue now because, you know, FusionSoft is changing. They've got two editions now and we actually were discussing just late last week how we're going to keep it updated. Should we split it into two books, whatever. But, you know, I jumped into it and I got InfusionSoft's approval you know, so a lot of it is the online user guide just kind of cleaned up and made more convenient. But I added, you know, 100 and 120 pages of my own content and approach to things. 
uh, at the beginning of the book. So the rest of it makes sense. So, um, yeah, I kind of bit off more than I could chew. <laughs> Good deal. But see, sale, sales is integral to Wes here. He is known as the sales whisperer. He's a good sales trainer and he has experience helping companies scale. And so CRM was a natural niche for you to kind of march into, right? And I like that you have been working with this thing and updating it over the last six years. That's a long time. Yeah. That's a long time. Most people don't even have that level of commitment. So uh, hats off to that. Let me begin with this question then. Does the choice of CRM matter for organizations? Yes and no. Um, most CRM implementations fail. Mm. Uh, big companies and small companies. Um, people, uh, I think they buy them for the wrong reasons. They have the wrong expectations. And then they just don't use it. So, mm. you know, in that regard, it doesn't matter. If you're not going to use it, whatever you pick, you'll fail. <laughs> Uh, and conversely, whatever tool you use will help you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now some are harder to use than others. Some have better support than others. Obviously some cost more than others, but if you use the tool, the way it was built, you'll have a positive ROI, but you know, look around. I mean, the iPhone has been out now 10 going on 11 years. Most people I'd argue 80 plus percent of users don't know how to change the background color, hmm. don't know about the predictive text, uh, probably use, you know, three apps, four apps at most, you know, and they're carrying around a thousand dollar thing in their pocket to put, you know, Bambi ears on their head. Uh, so it's no surprise that people don't know how to use their CRM, you know? So, so I guess the answer is it depends. Right. And I've been using CRMs in sales roles and management roles oof, forever since 1997 when I got out of college. And I've seen them just like you have big, small, proprietary, off the shelf, everything from Act to Infusionsoft and everything in between. And the, I get asked that question all the time, which is the best CRM? And my answer is always, it's like the best exercise, the one that you will do, the one that you will use. And so right. let's dig into this. You said that people don't use the thing and they have bad expectations. Tell us about some of those bad expectations that they're walking into when they go to, you know, have the brainwave. I'm going to go get a CRM. Well, thinking that just having a CRM is going to make you money, you know, is one of the big ones. Uh, but Salesforce themselves, you know, they're the 800 pound gorilla of the software as a service, you know, online CRM. Uh, and even they realized that the, the CRM as a standalone entity is dead. You know, in 2013, they bought exact target for um, a couple billion dollars. And exact target does email marketing, right? And exact target had already purchased Pardot. Pardot does uh, process and sales and marketing automation. So, Having data, having a CRM is just a Rolodex in the sky. Mm -hmm. You know, unless you have some triggers and things to keep you efficient and organized and helping you communicate in a timely manner, it really doesn't matter where you keep those names. You can keep them in a manila folder and just have a tickle file on your desk. You know, so, so understanding what the real need is, how you're going to use it. I created a free tool called Process Before Login. 
and I work with everybody on this before we start. You know, it's like, let's document either your current processes or your ideal processes. Mm -hmm. And once we understand the needs, then we can log into the tools, go do your free trials, get your demos and find out exactly what it is you need. Okay. It's like having a grocery list before you go to the store. You know, if it's Saturday morning, there's nothing in the pantry or the fridge and you're starving to death and you run to the grocery store, you're probably going to spend too much money and you're going to buy things you shouldn't buy and wouldn't normally buy because you're in a reactionary mode. Okay. People look around and they're like, you know, they're, they're the, the local, uh, you know, mom and pop uh, car dealer. And they, and they look, they go, oh, well, Ford, oh, Ford uses Salesforce. So we should use Salesforce. It's like you have six employees, you know, <laughs> and 12 cars on your lot. You probably don't need Salesforce, you know, and, but that's what people do. It's keeping up with the Joneses, right? Your neighbors get a, a new flat screen TV. You get a new flat screen TV. We do it in business. Oh, well, look, you know, that big wig salesperson with the private jet, you know, he uses ClickFunnels. I should use ClickFunnels. Maybe you should. Maybe you shouldn't. You know, so you just got to be more intentional and deliberate about uh, the tools that you invest in. And um, it, it's hard to do on your own, you, you talk to the salespeople, they're gonna paint this rosy picture, you know? Oh, this is an all-in-one platform. <laughs> yeah. Super affordable, great support, open API, you can plug anything into it, strong community of partners, all types of add-ons. Man, you're gonna grow taller, skinnier, stronger, your golf score will improve, your sex life will improve, your cholesterol will be lowered. Just hurry up and buy because the price goes up on the first. And that's how people make their decisions. And that's why most installations fail. Yeah, I love what you say about people rushing out to buy the thing because it's a shiny object and they feel that they need it or want it, right? Oh, yeah. And that, that idea People could come to me, they can come to you to get their processes written down first to assess what do you actually need? What's going on here? Because a Google spreadsheet with conditional formatting might be the right answer for you. Where <laughs> yeah. something lights up in green or red to get attention. I've been using those for years. I use other tools too, but there's nothing wrong with that if that's the right solution. There's a phrase from my operations management training from, from 20 plus years ago, technology is glue, apply it last. If you want to get a paper or a model airplane, a plastic airplane, you want, to, you want to test fit that stuff first, right? You don't want to just start slapping glue on things and put, you know, shoving stuff together because you're going to do it wrong and you're going to get glue all over your hands. And right. it's not going to be a good experience. So take your time, I think, is yeah. a big uh, thing, that, a big takeaway that I hear from you. So let's hear about other implementation issues that you've run into uh, or people have experienced before they've come tail between their legs to you saying, all right, I, I'm beaten. I know I need something here, but uh, I need help. So uh, other examples of, of collapses, you mean? Or, or Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about they got something, they tried to implement, it didn't work, and then they came to you. What happened in the middle? Well, I mean, really just everything we talked about, they, they were set up for failure from the beginning. You know, they, they buy something that usually they're oversold something mm -hmm. 
Um, they sign a contract, they get involved with it, and then they realize they've been sold a bill of goods. They get frustrated. They realize it's going to cost more money uh, and energy than they had planned or maybe want to exert. So they become software donors, right? They, they donate their money every month. And eventually they go, they, business either calms down or maybe they really start to struggle because they were right that they needed a system. And they're like, man, I got to do something about this. Maybe I can use this tool. So they start looking around for help. They call me, you know, we, we start to dive in. And then it's a matter of, you know, do you, do you make do with what you have? Do you, do you cut bait, right? Say, hey, you, you bought something that really is not right for you. Um, I can't tell you how many times I talk with, with small businesses that have some big onerous Salesforce implementation. It's like, man, that is not the right platform, you know, but these things are sticky. Once you upload your data, you get web forms embedded on your website. You know, you got some leads coming in, changing platforms is hard, man. These, these companies, they're smart. You know, they're kind of like drug addicts, man. Once they get you hooked, it's hard to get off. And um, so we have to have some hard decisions, some tough conversations on what they do about it. You know, do they need e-commerce? Do they, is the licensing right, you know, cost feature standpoint? How big is the team? You know, do they need outside contractors or vendors using the software, getting access to it? Can they easily set permissions and change permissions? What's the reporting like? You know, who's going to own this thing? Quite often they'll give it to the IT department. It's like, this is a marketing, this is a sales and marketing tool. It's not an IT tool. Okay. It's not a server. It's not, you know, your Wi-Fi. I mean, it's, it's a marketing tool. It's for planning, for growing your sales. So understanding who's going to own it in the company. So it's, um, like I said, it's a lot of tough decisions. Um, and, and again, usually people, I work primarily with small businesses uh, historically been like really small, uh, under 25 employees. Uh, I'm working now with a little bit bigger companies up to a couple hundred employees, you know, so somebody's got to own it. Um, when I work with larger companies, they usually have silos, right? Mm -hmm. Sales and marketing are at odds with one another. So I have to make sure everybody gets on the same page. They understand how they should come together, uh, get clear objectives clear, uh, clarification on what is a lead, you know, what is an ideal prospect, uh, when should marketing hand that over, you know? So again, it's more of that process before login, just really getting people to document things, uh, clears up a lot of the headache, but, but it's tough in the beginning because people, you know, we all want to want to point fingers and place the blame. So as soon as somebody takes ownership, things start to get a lot easier. Okay. If, if there's a business owner watching, listening to this, hi there, <laughs> if you are, uh, they, they need to go talk to their marketing people and their salespeople, right? Before anything else and, and start figuring out what reality is and maybe getting people on the same page and that. What kinds of things should they be asking? Like, can you give one or two questions that they could go ask their people that would really help extract some data? Because I think you're going to run into the, the patent general problem here of, uh, 
you'll either hear things are terrible and doom and gloom or they're nice and rosy and everything's perfect and you know so how do you get into reality well in any sale you have to get the prospect to verbalize their pain mm -hmm. okay just like a doctor you know i can't look at you and say hey man yeah you, you you have shortness of breath. You, you have, you know, you, you got a heart disease. You, you really should come in. You know, I think you're at risk. You're like, dude, I feel fine. Are you crazy? You have like x-ray vision or something, mm -hmm. you know, you're the one that's got to say now, typically, you know, patients, especially men, we will under underplay it. Right. Yeah. I feel fine. A friend of mine just had open heart surgery, had that widow maker, you know, that valve, he, he got diagnosed on a physical. It was just, he just so happened to have a physical coming up, even though, you know, he had shortness of breath, couldn't chase the grandkids around, and he just kind of played it off. Oh, it's not that bad. Hmm. The patient has to admit they're, they're in pain. And then they have to be willing to do something about it. Okay? Are they willing to invest the time, the money, the energy uh, into solving that pain? And so somebody on the team has to be disgruntled, right? Somebody has to recognize that they're exposed and, and understand the ramifications of their shortcomings, the ramifications of not taking decisive action on the situation at hand. So, you know, they can't go running into the marketing department or VP of sales, whatever, and go, our CRM sucks. We need to just change platforms. You know, our systems suck. I mean, because it's, you're challenging them. It's just like when I train people like in car sales, for example, if I'm at the Ford dealership and you drive up in an old Chevy truck and the first thing out of my mouth is, what a piece of crap. I'm surprised that thing's even held together. People usually tow their, their Chevys in. You may, you may agree, right? This thing may have been a lemon. You may be totally tired of it and your friend's got Ford, you're ready to get a Ford. But now I just criticized you. I criticized your decision-making and I made you feel stupid. You are less likely to buy from me now. Okay. I'm going to turn that thing around and go, man, that's an old truck. Chevys are tough. They last forever. Why, why do you want to, why do you want to change brands, man? It's tough. It's tough to change brands. What's going on? And I want you to tell me, right. Oh, the transmission has been a problem. The engine, you know, had to change the valves twice and the head gaskets and it's still blowing smoke and I can't get the AC to stay cold and blah, 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 blah. Like, oh man, I'm sure sorry to hear that. You're the one telling me all the problems. Right. right. My friends all have Fords and I love them. Yeah. So, so we've got to get the decision makers that have this vested interest to, they have to verbalize the pain. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one way or another, we have to get them to admit there's an issue and that they're willing to do something about it. Okay, you know? and the same, I guess, goes for going down to the frontline salespeople who are going to be using the thing. They may not be the decision makers, but they have valuable data. They have valuable feedback to tell you. And so getting them to say it, <laughs> that's the tricky part. Yeah, and, and that's, that's true in life, though. I mean, that's sales. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's anything you want to want to install a pool at home. Right. You got to have the conversation. We get a new couch, we get a new flat screen TV, whatever you got to, you know, husband and wife got to figure this out and agree that there's a problem and agree they're willing to 
invest the time and money into changing it. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that CRMs by themselves are no longer uh, a marketable thing, basically, uh, you know, some, for smart people, I guess. Uh, what clusters of, of uh, other apps do you see that are necessary that need to be bundled together with the CRM that people should be looking for? Uh, depends on the business. You know, do you need, do you sell online, right? So you're going to need some type of e-commerce component and, and even companies that, that don't, you know, say you're a big company and, you know, you use POs and it's a, it's a long, complicated sale. You could still sell access to workshops or webinars or lunch and learns or things you could, you can make a little money off of. And, it, and it's not all that important to make the money on that. But you know, when I was selling high tech to hospitals and manufacturing, you know, we, I, I was working for a startup out of Austin and we sold these blade computers that were like $1,800 when a Dell PC was $600. Okay. So we were three X the money. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it was nothing for a company to start with a $50,000 installation, but this was new technology. And so I wouldn't go in and try to sell the technology right off the bat. I, I focused on selling them what we call a try and buy. I want them to invest $1,500, mm -hmm. uh, which gave them the, the hardware and software for free for a month. So the $1,500 just covered the expenses for us to fly a systems engineer out for one to two days. Mm -hmm. Okay. If I could get them to spend $1,500, they'd see how easy it was and they'd keep the software and I'd make the 50,000 or $150,000 sale. Okay. So focus on what really matters. Mm -hmm. So even a big company could use an e-commerce platform, to get people buying their, their reports or other things like that. Okay, so, so do you need e-commerce? That's one. The marketing automation is needed for everybody. Okay, do you have some type of web form on your website, some type of lead generation tool that, that then puts that contact into a segmented list? Mm -hmm. Okay, because I tell people all the time, like, well, I'll ask you, if I say Yamaha, what do you think of? Uh, keyboards and motorcycles. Okay. Keyboards, and motorcycles. You know, my son played the trombone, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, we think of other musical instruments. We think of like jet ski mm -hmm. kind of things, right? They make all kind of stuff, yep. but. right? So <laughs> right. if you, so if I say just go to yamaha.com and I did this before, it takes like five to seven clicks to get where you want to go. Mm -hmm. Okay. When you're looking for that one specific thing. So, but if Yamaha just sent an email out to everybody on their list every time, check out our keyboards, check out our trombones, check out our, our watercraft, check out our motorcycles, you know, and you're, you'd be like, y'all are idiots. Mm -hmm. You're sending me stuff I'm not interested in. I'm out of here. So you got to segment your list to send them targeted, relevant information at the moment of relevancy. You know, I always ask this in my workshops. It's like, how does Google make money? All right, and it's not a trick question. How, how does Google make money? I would imagine through ads. They have some services as well, but mostly ads. They have services, they have ads, but how do they get you to click an ad? If, if you did a search for, what'd you say about Yamaha? You, was it uh, Let's keyboards? say keyboards, yeah, and motorcycles. Yeah, so if you type in Yamaha keyboard, 
do you think you would see an ad for a Ford truck? <laughs> it's relevant advertising. Okay. Yeah. It's relevant advertising. They, they present an enticing ad at the mm -hmm. moment of relevancy to increase the likelihood of you clicking. They need you to click for them to make money. Okay. Same thing. So learn from Google as a business owner, as a big business, small business. Are you sending relevant communication to your prospects and your customers? Okay. So you need some type of engine in the background that helps you do that. Even if it's just assigning tasks to your team to give them a call, write them a letter, do something. Okay. So you need e-commerce, you need some type of marketing automation, you need some type of sales automation. Okay. Those kind of run hand in hand. Um, those are the big things that does, does it integrate easily into your website? Uh, is it expandable? Okay. Mm. Cause there is no truly all in one software. You're going to need direct mail. You're going to need text messaging, uh, capability. You're going to need some type of social media marketing and, and measuring and reporting. So, you know, you need to, again, look at your process before login, look at everything you do. Do you have affiliates? Do you have referrals? Do you do trade shows? Do you do webinars? So does your platform help you do all of the above easier, more efficiently, more affordably? Okay. Then you can pick the right tool. Awesome. Have you been involved in an installation with some organization that wanted to implement? Like they weren't fighting, they weren't infighting but they came up with an unexpected hiccup in, in implementing the CRM and attendant apps. Yeah. I mean, there, there's always issues. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. I mean, so, I don't know. I mean, it could be a cost issue. There could be some licensing issues. There's, you know, sometimes they're, they may be using like some proprietary tool, Okay. Um, I see this a lot, like with franchises, they'll, hmm. uh, they're, they're given or forced to use one piece of technology. It's limited. You get uh, kind of a forward thinking, forward looking, uh, franchise owner. They want to enhance things. And then the two don't talk together quite often. It's like, it's an API issue, yeah. uh, where maybe and I see this a lot of times in the franchise, They'll allow like data to be written to their database. But they won't let data go out to another database because it's all very proprietary. They want to sit on that technology uh, and all that contact information. So, you know, I, I see that uh, a lot. So usually it's and that, yes, yeah, so that process before login, we got to look at everything. If you have some critical component, maybe it's text messaging, right? We've got a, a favorite Mexican food restaurant chain here in Southern California. And we get, we get their text messages almost weekly. They're running some kind of special. And so maybe they have like some proprietary text messaging system that, you know, they want to change platforms and it, and it doesn't integrate. Well, we, when they text, we go and eat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's Pavlov's dog, man. I mean, we like this place. And so, you know, they, they may not switch platforms if, if it was too hard to change on that, you know, assuming they had all their metrics and the ROI was there. Uh, so yeah, there, there can be so many things that get in the way of an installation. It's, it's crazy. Great. Well, 
that is something that people can uh, can watch out for. Your business has allowed you to do some pretty fun and cool things. I want to cover this quickly before we we end so that people get a kind of a, I don't know, a flavor <laughs> of what it's like to work with you, what you do. Uh, when there was the flooding in Texas, you were able to pick up and go there and do some rescue work in that. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I went to high school in Houston. So, uh, yeah, when the storm hit, uh, it was on like Friday and Saturday, and I was able to fly out on Monday. And, um, and because I've got a good connection, you know, network of people, so a friend of a friend actually donated his, uh, his Chevy truck and, uh, and his trailer and two C-Dews and let me drive uh, into Houston. You know, I had to go through some crazy floodwaters, um, but I was able to spend eight days, you know, helping people. We raised $23,000 and I was able to just give money uh, right to the people um, in need. So, you know, 100%. So... So that was good. You know, that's, that's the nice thing about having your own business and uh, being moderately successful. You know, when, when things come up, you, you have the ability to, to go help. Yeah, uh, I love that you did that. You mentioned a kind of a, a course or something uh, that, that was the, the prelude to login, process to login or process oh, before uh, login. Where can people go to to sign up. Yeah, for it's that. just, it's a video and a free PDF uh, just okay. kind of outlines it. So it's just at, uh, it's at the saleswhisperer.com slash PBL. So it stands for process before login. Process um, before login. So saleswhisperer.com slash PBL. Yeah, the, the saleswhisperer. The saleswhisperer. Okay. Dot com. The, yep. the only one, people. The, there can be only one. <laughs> awesome. In the well, United well, States, there can be only one. I gave the government some money. I got that mm. little circle R thingy. Nice. <laughs> Protection. <laughs> At least in the U.S. There, I think there's a dude in uh, Australia or maybe Canada. I don't know. But hey, I got the U.S. Great. Okay. Well, thanks for being our guest today, Wes. Uh, I want to send some people to you. And I look forward to you being on the show again. I know there's lots of uh, sales scaling conversations that we could have. Hey, have your people call my people. We'll All make right. it happen. Cool.